0: This morning, we conclude our Connect series, but that doesn't mean we conclude connecting. I sure hope over these past few weeks, you've made use of the opportunities provided after the service. We have a great opportunity after service this morning for hot dogs and hamburgers to stay together and connect. But in the future, you're gonna have to work a little harder to make sure that those connections happen. Now, as we've gone through the series, I hope you've been able to put the two pieces together. The order is all significant. So before we actually get to looking at some one another's, let's take a couple of minutes to just put the series together to make sure you don't miss the big point. In baptism, we've said it a few times already today, baptism is an outward expression of an internal reality, right? The one another's that we use with one another, loving one another, caring for one another, praying for one another, their results, outward expressions of the inner reality where God has done those very things for us. Another way that we've talked about that is the paradigm. Remember in Isaiah 6, we looked at Isaiah encountering God. At the end, he goes for God, he becomes a preacher. What was the paradigm? Seeing God leads to seeing yourself. Seeing yourself leads to seeing your sin. Seeing your sin leads to experiencing God's grace, and then experiencing God's grace propels you to connect and impact others. It's always that sequence. Another way that we've talked about it is that as Christians, we've got a pretty tall order. Here's how it goes. Treat others as God has treated you not as you think they deserve to be treated, not as they treated you, treat others the way God has treated you. But all of the one anothering come after our being one anothered by Jesus in the gospel. You know, I've been thinking a lot about um, our approach to the Bible in light of the series. And let me give you two ways that we normally approach the Bible, but are actually wrong ways to approach the Bible. Here's one. We approach the Bible as if it were a book of rules. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible has lots and lots of rules in it, more rules than we could probably count. But it's not keep the rules to earn something. The rules tell us that something's wrong. The Keeping the rules is not the solution. Think of it this way. If you drive your car and don't do any preventative maintenance, eventually some lights come on the dashboard, right? We even call those lights, Idiot lights, right? You're being an idiot by not taking care of when the light comes on. Now, when the light comes on, it doesn't mean you need to check the light bulb. You don't take the dashboard apart, figuring out what's wrong with the light. The light is symptomatic of a bigger problem. You've got engine trouble. You've got an electrical problem. Your battery's running out. Your alternator, look at all those words on here. Your alternator's not working. Um, the rules are kind of like that. The rules in the Bible aren't given so we keep them all, that's the solution. The rules show us that something's wrong and they drive us to the solution, which is Jesus. The Bible's not a book of rules that we keep and somehow get the solution. Here's another way that we approach the Bible wrongly. The Bible's a book of heroes. And what I need to do is emulate the heroes. Find out all about the heroes' do's and don'ts. Follow the hero. No, no. You ever really read the Bible and look at the lives of the people presented? There are some heroic figures. Most of the heroes in the Bible are screw-ups, just like us. And so the point is, as you look at your life and compare your life with theirs, you're going to discover they probably are better than you. But they need help too. The heroes should drive us to the ultimate hero. The Bible's not primarily a book of rules that you learn, you keep, and somehow you get something. The Bible's not primarily a book of heroes where you learn about the heroes and emulate them. Both the rules and the heroes point us to the solution we sang this morning about the ultimate hero, Jesus pursuing us to bring the solution. That's how it works. So don't approach the Bible in some misguided way. Approach the Bible properly. Can I just let you know one little secret. If you approach the Bible as a book of rules, if you approach the Bible as a book of heroes, who is on center stage in fixing your problem? You are. You have to learn the rules, and now I need to keep the rules. I need to learn about the heroes, and I need to now follow the heroes. The Bible's not primarily a book about you. It's not primarily a book about me and what we need to do. The Bible's a book about God, what he has done through Jesus and how we need to reach the end of ourselves and receive freely what he has done. It's a book about grace. It's not a book about rule-keeping or emulating heroes. Well, but that is kind of a backdrop. We've been looking every other week at a one another. Now, just to give you a little uh, quick summary here, the New Testament has like 100 one another statements. You ever realize that? Like 100 of them. Now, a lot of them are duplicates, so it isn't like there are a hundred different ones. Uh, there are a handful of different ones. But they break up into four categories pretty neatly. So I'll give you the four categories, say a word about them, and then we're going to have hot dogs and hamburgers. Here are the four categories. The first category is about unity. Unity. So here are some of the one and that I put into the unity column. Be at peace with one another. right? Be unified. Accept one another. Here's a good one. Tolerate one another. Forgive one another. Bear with one another. Notice, all of those one another statements say, stay together, be a group. There's a whole other set of one another's, maybe the biggest group, about a third of them, have have to do with loving one another. Now, love one another is repeated over and over and over again, but here's some others that fit into the love column. Serve one another. Be devoted to one another. That's in that love category. If you love someone, you serve them. You put their needs and interests ahead of your own. You're serving. You're not just tolerating. You're with them. You're seeking to bring out the best in them. And then there's another category, a big category, and that's humility. Be humble with one another. Here's your favorite one, right? So here's some one another's in the humble column. Wash one another's feet. Be subject to one another. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. See, all those humility ones fit. Then we have the fourth category that's all miscellaneous. So here are some of the miscellaneous ones. Kiss one another. Now that does not mean wet, sloppy kisses. That was kind of the greeting back then, right? Kind of kiss each other on the cheek, the way they still do in some European countries. It's like, yeah, kiss one another. Pray for one another. Don't deprive one another. Stimulate one another to love in good deeds. So he got that miscellaneous category. All right. Now, if we take those three, humility, love, and unity, we actually see our paradigm in practice, right? Because Jesus has done those things for us. And it's because he has loved us Reconciled us to God, since He has humbled us and come Himself in humility, we now can then go and continue what He started. So, how about the unity piece? Do you realize you could take the big story of the Bible and look at it under the heading of unity? Kind of starts like this In creation, everything's unified, right? Adam, Eve, God, they're all kind of together. So, you got the Trinity and human beings, they're enjoying each other's company, they're unified. Does it stay that way long? No, like two chapters. And all of a sudden, in chapter three, disunity comes, division comes, separation comes, alienation comes. The rest of the Bible is God seeking to reconcile, restore, reunify what was divided. In fact, um, we can use the word member to figure that out. God created us to be members of his family, members of his community. But sin has dismembered us. I know that's a grotesque picture, right? Arms cut off, heads cut off. Um, but we are dismembered by sin. And what's the mission of Jesus? To re-member us. The message of the Bible is unity. Now, can I uh, let you in on a little secret? We live in a world, our culture right now, is divided, alienated, separated, polarized, at each other's throats. If we've experienced the unity and the reconciliation with God through Jesus, on that backdrop, on that canvas of disunity and division, we can live out a message of attraction and a message that the world can't figure out how to accept it and certainly can't live it without the gospel. So when you see all the nasty stuff going on, rather than fall into the polarization, rather than fall into the separation and alienation, why not allow the unity that the gospel brings between you and God through Jesus to propel you and me to step toward each other in unity showing our culture and our community that we are different and we can be a community unified because of what Jesus has done rather than separated and divided because of political views or because of perspectives on this or that. How about the second issue, love, the second one another? Isn't the Bible a giant love story, right? Um, I, as I'm reading through the scripture, um, I just finished reading Song of Solomon. That's kind of interesting, right? Uh, you don't want to read that in church. But in reading it, it's kind of interesting how uh, Song of Solomon's about two lovers, right? But just like every other relationship, the love goes in cycles. They're passionately present with each other. They're experiencing the wonders of connection. But then there's alienation. Something comes in that divides. Then they're separate. But they, as lovers, they pursue the other person until they're reunited again. In fact, I'd say to you, every great love story you know follows the same basic storyline. Right? It begins with presence and passion. Something comes into the relation that kind of drives them apart. They're ticked off at each other. Something. Now they're apart. But someone, the lover, takes it upon himself or herself to go on a quest to win back the other. That's the message of the Bible. The whole story of the Bible is God loving us through Jesus. Unity and love, two big themes of the Bible. Our one and others aren't just little boxes we check. They're the themes of the gospel and the themes that God has delivered to us in Jesus. How about the last one, humility? How does that fit? Well, here's how it fits. We looked at Jacob. We looked at Isaiah in the series. And did you notice in both of those experiences, connection with God was absolutely dependent on them coming with nothing. Isaiah couldn't bring his eloquent prayers. He couldn't bring his great sermons. He couldn't bring his morality. Jacob at that point had nothing. He had no resources. He had no possessions. He was alienated from his family He has nothing. They come with nothing. That's the place we have to come. God comes to us in humility. Jesus doesn't come with great pomp and circumstances. He doesn't come as a king to a throne. He comes as a servant in humility to a cross. We come in humility. God comes in humility. We meet in humility. You know of the three, unity, love, and humility, Look, I don't know where you stand on those. Humility is the hardest one for me, and here's why. I have the answers. Just ask me the question. I have the processes that if we would enact, will solve the problem. I know what needs to happen. I can figure out where we are, where we need to be, and I can transfer over the delta by coming up with solutions. I know the answers. As long as we know the answers, we can define the problem, know how to, you're never going to come. come with nothing. No plans, no morality, earn nothing. We come with nothing, recognizing that God gave up everything to meet us in humility. The Bible's a message of unity, division, and reconciliation. The Bible's a message of love, God pursuing us when we're not pursuing him. The Bible's a message of humility, coming to the end of ourselves and not trusting our resources, but trusting God's resource to come and meet us.